Welcome everyone to another episode of Project Fast Break. Today I'll be talking about the upcoming return of the NBA season, as well as the actions of current and former athletes, as well as their coaches and upper management, as we go through a time of social injustice and the waves of change. We all know that the NBA will be coming back with a 22-team format. Since that decision, the NBA now has to make a choice on how to handle players who get injured and become unable to play out this season. Adrian Wojnarowski and Bobby Marks have reported the league is working on me- mechanisms that will be used to replace participants. If a player is unable to play by injury or positive COVID-19 test, the NBA is currently working with teams to present a solution to the players union. Per Wojnarowski and Marks, if COVID-19 or a serious injury strikes a team during training camps or the eight regular season seeding games, there is expected to be no limitations on the number of players a team could sign to replace those lost. But there would be restrictions on those in the pool of eligible players. Wow. And the- there would be a restriction on those in the pool of eligible pa- players, sources said. These are among a long list of items that the NBA and National Basketball Players Association will have to negotiate to co- the completion in the next week. Sources said the NBA can make its recommendations to the union, but they'll together have to agree upon changes to the collective be- bargaining agreement that will shape the NBA's 22-team truncated restart at Disney. The NBA is looking at possible replacement players coming from the G League or those who have signed NBA training camp contracts. Signing free agents like J.R. Smith isn't currently being discussed, but could be a possibility. Woj has said that teams hope the league will reconsider prohibiting players on two-way contracts to join NBA teams in Orlando. The NBA is trying to keep the number of people in the game sites to around 1,600 and teams want insurance of reserve players. Another possible option is that players who are placed on a roster aren't permitted to return to play for the rest of the season. Whether it be injury or COVID-19 case, that could cause problems for teams since players would have to quarantine for at least one week after a positive test. These aren't set in stone, but since the since the NBA season isn't scheduled to restart until late July, um, that was a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's not like this is this is this is a good sign for us though, because NBA is putting into place place uh, things for if players get injured or get COVID nineteen, which is a real possibility, especially right now. The team's definitely going to want insurance to make sure that they can replace those players right away, especially since those players will have to be quarantined for a whole, at least a week, at least a week. And that could really hurt a lot of teams. So, yeah, I mean, definitely got to get that sorted out. And, of course, the Players Association is also going to have to like whatever the NBA puts in front of them because if the Players Association doesn't like it, they're obviously not going to do it. <laughs> And that would hurt the starting of the NBA season again. And plus, you need that extra money that you can make from this 22-team format going into the playoffs for the free agency because there's going to be some big-name 
I'm, I actually don't even know all the free agents are going to be in free agency this year, but there, there has to be at least um a couple guys that they going to want their money, you know. And if they, the league doesn't, didn't make enough money this season to, to pay them because the cancellation, that's going to be tough. So they need to start back the season as fast as possible so they get some revenue back into the league. So when it comes to free agency, they can actually play the players and everything like that. So the players are going to want to get something settled as fast as possible. And the league's going to want something to get settled as fast as possible because they want to make their money again. <laughs> so, and plus... um. When I'm looking here, the NBA is trying to keep the number of people in game size, so 1,600. Um, so that's probably going to include um, team staff, of course. Team staff is is going to be quite a few. Obviously, broadcasting crews, reporters. And I think that's probably going to be it. I don't think there's going to be any fans because if there's only 1,600 people, you have the two teams staff there, like who on-floor staff, people who work all the other stuff, right? And then you're going to have reporters plus the broadcasting. I think that's going to be a around commentators as well. That's going to be around 1,600. I doubt there will be any fans. Maybe they might have some little reporters or something sitting in the stands or some, something like that. But I, I'm i not sure about that. But that seems like a, a decent number. I don't think anybody would be mad at that, especially since you have to... There's also staff that have to be there to to make the NBA possible. So you need to have at least some people in there. And one thing I'm kind of um kind of weird about is the they're not right now the NBA is not allowing teams to sign those free agents if in case like a player gets um injured against COVID nineteen. I think they should allow that, especially uh, because G League players are great, but. I can you can definitely get some better players out of free agency than you could in the G League. If I'm gonna be honest, I mean there are some there are some really good G League players that you could get that are better than free agents that you can get right now. But it's depending on the team. Some teams have really good G League teams. Some teams don't. I don't think all the teams have a G League affiliate team. So would would the teams be able to pick out of a pool of multiple G League players or would it just be G League players that are on their affiliate team because then teams that don't have a G League affiliate would, you know? But I, I think it's going to be whatever with that. But to see if, if a player does unfortunately get injured or gets COVID-19 like that, I would not mind seeing J.R. Smith go on one of these teams and maybe do some because... If you get a player like J.R. Smith, he's definitely going to be able to do something for your team, good or bad. Because <laughs> we all remember that finals. <laughs> uh, J.R. Smith, the Henny King. Henny King. But on other news. Wow, okay. Also, in the NBA realm, Kevin Durant has said that he will not be returning this season. So to all the Nets fans, but mostly New Jersey fans, Durant won't be returning. Durant said, my season is over. I don't plan on playing at all. We decided last summer when it was fir- when it first happened that I was just going to wait until the following season. I have no plans of playing at all this season. Spears, who interviewed KD, also asked whether Durant had the urge to play and if waiting was the best for your process, Durant said, 
it's just best for me to wait. I don't think I'm ready to play that type of intensity right now. And then next month, it gives me more time to get ready for next season and the rest of my career. So even KD knew that the Nets had no chance of getting a championship. But you know, I think it's the best for KD as well, though. Because he's past, he's past 30, Achilles injury. <sighs> I don't think it would be best for him to come back. Even if he feels like he could possibly play, I think it's just better that he waits it out until he's 100% sure and he can just go out next season and play at 100% of himself and be that number one, number two, number three best player in the league right now. And next season as well, then that's going to have a much better chance of even competing because not how many yet. With KD playing an entire season, they're definitely not going to be like, what What were they at the seventh or sixth seed? Something like that. Then you have to go up against like the Bucks and Raptors and Boston. And those teams, those teams are real good. I mean, you might not consider Toronto or Boston championship contenders. I think you can never rule out a team. Teams that are top three in their conference, I think those teams will always be contenders. You can never fully rule them out because you never know. Because one bad thing that might happen to another team, and boom, they're they're right there and they're about to win. <laughs> you know. So you can never fully roll them out. So those teams could definitely, definitely do something. So he, he wouldn't really want to come back this this year, anyways. And I think it's best for his career because you don't want to be a past thirty Achilles injury and just come back like that, especially in a playoff type of atmosphere where everything's on the line and everybody's gonna want you to to take play this certain amount of minutes, take this amount of shots, play this well. It's just not worth it. Just come back next season. Low expectations in the beginning of the season. Get yourself back to your regular playing form. And then next year playoff, you can really show people what you can do without having three other all-stars on your team. But, you know, Kyrie's on the nets. And Kyrie doesn't like to get outshone. This is what Kyrie, sa- Kyrie said. He said he may travel to Orlando to support his teammates. When your two best players... Are just like nah, I ain't gonna play. That's a problem. I don't know what's happening in that organization, but it's probably Kyrie's fault. Cause Kyrie, I don't like what's wrong with this guy. I'll probably play. Granted, he did have surgery early March, but the season come back in July. It was a like shoulder surgery. It wasn't that big of an operation. It was it was very little and invasive. So he really should be able to play in July, cause it was March. March was like two months ago. <laughs> and then the season's a whole month and like three weeks away from now. So that doesn't make any sense like why Kyrie wouldn't want to play. He's obviously just like, he knows that the Nets ain't going to do nothing. <laughs> They're not going to do anything. So he's just like, nah, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to play. <sighs> Kyrie, Kyrie is a interesting fellow. Interesting fellow. I don't understand. Cause it's not like the Nets had no chance at all. Like they they could make it past the first round if they if they played well enough. If Kyrie really was just like you know, cause Kyrie he's a confusing guy. Well, at one point he's just like, oh, I want to be the man, everything like this. I want to lead my team to a championship. And then two seasons later, you're gonna join up with one of the best players in the world, <laughs> who's. A lot of people are considering at the level of LeBron or higher than his level of LeBron right now. So that doesn't make any sense for Kyrie. Um, whatever. But 
you know, we have to start talking about this now. Let's talk about the state of the nation. There are moments that are great by players and coaches and upper management speaking out and taking action. Then there are moments of tone deafness like Drew Brees, New Orleans Saint quarterback who said, he doesn't agree with players who need during the anthem saying it disrespects the flag and his grandfathers who fought for the country. And Drew has the right to say this. He 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 has the right to say this. But I also have the right to disagree with the statement. If that offends him, I can't really change that. But the fact that he was so tone deaf, especially in this situation, is remarkable, really. The kneeling protest was not meant to be disrespectful. It was it was what it was a protest against the killing of unarmed black men and the fact that black people don't have the same privileges of white Americans. And this is a systematic thing. It doesn't matter whether you feel that you're racist or not. It's about the system in America that was built on the on oppressing black and brown Americans. And yes, there has been change, but the core things that have made this the system of oppression is still there. So why can't we kneel? Why can't we be angry? They say don't protest this way, protest that way. And yes, there are bad people hiding in these protests, but they don't stand with the majority. I understand that maybe Drew isn't consciously being racist or prejudiced all the time, but we have to understand that white Americans have privileges that black Americans don't have and other Americans. So as we all start thinking more and more about the racial tensions in our in our country and countries and communities, we need white people to stand with us or there will be no change. So I hope that Drew Brees becomes one of these people. So I say thank you to all the people who are really trying to stand with black people in this time right now. Of course, we know that it's a difficult topic for a lot of people, but oppression of groups of people should not be something that's controversial. It should be something that is agreed upon and that should be agreed upon to be also changed. It shouldn't just be one group of people shouting at the top of their lungs and everybody, and the, the group of people that is getting all the privileges just becomes quiet. We need everyone to work together to do this because if it's only black people who realize this issue, Nothing will change. It's going to be the same. We need black people, white people, Hispanic, Asian, everyone to come together upon the issue. Because black people are getting oppressed. And also, other communities are also getting oppressed. But many black people might, might not see at the same level as us, but they are still getting oppressed as well. So we all need to come together and realize we all go through difficulties. We all need to help each other. We all need to change the system so it benefits all people equally. So we all have the same chances, all have the same advantages and disadvantages. So we can all live better as people together in our nations. But I was actually going to leave it off there before. But, you know, there's always more NBA news coming up. And, you know, I saw this great thing from Giannis where he was at the the Milwaukee protest and he was just there with the protesters talking. He was saying, uh, there's one quote that he said, he said, we want change, we want justice. And, you know, he's just giving a positive message out there for black people. And just like, I think one part of when he was talking, he was saying, like, how is he going to explain this to his children and everything like that, stuff like that. 
Well, I mean, I don't think he doesn't have kids yet, but you know, when he has those kids and everything like that, he wants he, he wants to be able to, to talk to them about it. Also, Greg Popovich had a great little um, speech type of thing where he was also addressing this issue, and that's why I respect Greg so much. Like, I I don't really see that many coaches actually coming out and speaking about this. I know they're having coaches here and there. I don't, I haven't seen many NBA coaches come out and speak out about this. And NBA coaches and NBA management should, all of them should come and speak out because the NBA is a high, high majority black league. It, it's not even close. The NBA is majority black league. So coaches and upper management, they should all be speaking out about this issue. And NFL, um, commissioner also came out saying that his views before 2014 when Colin Kaepernick was yelling and everything like that, and all the stuff happened. He's criticizing the protest. Now he's saying his views have changed and everything like that. I just think it's just just to appeal to majority right now because he realizes that if he doesn't say something, he's gonna lose money and all this type of stuff. So I think it was just it was just to appease the the majority, I guess. And a lot of people aren't really appeased with it because we haven't really seen anything from him to be like oh yeah yeah he's definitely changed his users points about it we haven't seen anything like that so people can still stay skeptic until he actually does something about it but yeah and michael jordan also came out donating a hundred million dollars for um for the, the movement and michael he has that have money to do that so we should expect we should expect player, people like him who are in the position they are to do stuff like this. It, it shouldn't be, oh, it's a good thing, but you didn't have to do it. Like, you, you should do it, especially if you're a part of the black community. I feel like you should you should come out and speak up, especially with the platform. You should speak out. Steven Jackson has been doing a lot of work out there. He's been speaking out. He's been really being an activist out there. Because him and Joe, and Floyd were were for friends, you know, everything like that. I saw that there's this one like clip video on, that went around social media, Instagram, everything like that, where where Floyd's daughter was on on Stephen Jackson's um shoulders, and she was like, "My daddy changed the world," and all that type of stuff, and it was very wholesome. I think most of you should have seen that as well. It was a great moment. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have one more point before I end this off. I'm just gonna be like, which NBA team do you all believe benefits the most from shutdown rest? After three months of 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 this NBA shutdown, the NBA has finally released the 22 team format and like that, and the top 16 teams in the Western and Eastern conferences will be joined by those other teams. But I think the team that probably benefits the most from the shutdown would be, this is tough. It might actually be um the Clippers. The reason I say this is because because remember, Paul George was coming off of some injury problems from last season and even this season. And Kawhi, we know he has that 
injury with his leg and it's always bothering him and everything like that. So having this amount of rest to really rehab that stuff, really rest that stuff, and they're coming back, their two best players, Kawhi, arguably the best player in the league, give or take, Paul George, top 10 player in the league. And if those two guys were struggling with injuries, oh my gosh, the entire season, and now they're going to come back, and they're not going to have those injury concerns that they had it from the beginning. Now it's going to be like, okay, they're fully fresh, they're 100%. They don't got to worry about anything now. They can just go at it. But also, the Lakers would benefit this from a lot because LeBron's like, what, 34, 35 years old? And having rest is good. But at the same time, it might be a disadvantage for him as well because he's so old. Because if you're so old and then you're coming back after this much of a break and you have to play playoff basketball again, it's going to be like, oof. Can he really get back up there that fast, especially with these younger guys? How is he going to play, especially in the first round? Especially in the Western Conference, and you know the eight seed could really do some stuff. So, especially in those early rounds, I'll definitely, if you're a Lakers fan or just an NBA fan in general, because you're probably an NBA fan if you're listening to this, really look at how LeBron's playing because it's either going to be a positive or a negative thing for LeBron. He's obviously still been working out, everything like that, but he hasn't played NBA level basketball. So hasn't everybody else, but still, since he's older and he's the leader of the Lakers. I definitely look at him, see how he's going to be performing in the beginning of the playoffs. I think the Bucks. This doesn't really affect the Bucks that much. I think this just affects them equally to a lot of other teams. The Raptors. I think this is probably either a positive or a negative for them. Same thing because you have Kyle Lowry and Marcus and Sergi Baca, who are obviously older players. So having the rest could either be a positive for them or a negative for them. You have to probably. You're going to see the biggest difference, especially in the first round, to see how they play. But in the East, especially with the teams who are not as quite good, especially in those 8th and 7th spots, the Raptors could get away with those guys not playing as well and kind of warming them up back into NBA form. Not the same case for in the West. Um, That could definitely be a thing. Also... The Nuggets, I feel like this doesn't really affect the Nuggets that much. I think it affects them equally. They have some older players, but I don't think it's going to affect them that much. The Jazz, I mean, Rudy Gobert is the greatest defender of all time. He he locked up everybody in the NBA. What other player have you ever seen lock up every single player in the NBA at the same time? Like, If Rudy Gobert does not get defense player of the year this year, it's robbed. It's robbed. It's robbed. It's rigged. The the Thunder. I, I'm really not expecting the Thunder to do much in the playoffs anyways. Even though they had a really good regular season. I don't feel like they're a playoff team. And Chris Paul is an older player. So either going to po- affect him positively or negative like I said before. Shea's really young so I think he'll be fine. Everything like that. So as long as they stay prepared. I think the younger players as long as they stay prepared. They should be fine. The Rockets. In, they're an interesting team just in general because you think, yo, they could really do something at the same time. Can they really do something? Because <laughs> we've seen Westbrook choke in the playoffs and we've seen Harden choke in the playoffs. But their best buds, they're on the same team again. Oh, it's all lovey-dovey stuff. What's really, what, what really are they going to be able to do in the playoffs? As it stands, they'd be versing the Jets. No, they'd be versing the Nuggets. 
and that'll be interesting matchup because Rockets are very are a small ball team. They're like the definition of a small ball NBA team. And the Nuggets are a bigger team. Their best player is a center, Nikola Jokic. And that's going to be an interesting back and forth. Rockets don't have anybody that's going to stop Nikola Jokic. But at the same time, do the, the Nuggets don't have anybody that's going to stop James or Russell. So, it... Who knows? Then you have the Mavericks... Mavericks should be fine. They're a really young team. As long as they stay prepared, they should be fine. Same thing with the Grizzlies, but the Grizzlies have that play-in tournament, which, you know, that really could affect how teams come in in the playoffs. It's either going to be positive or negative. I think it's more positive since they haven't played basketball for so long. If you come out of a play-in tournament, you already played some games, and then now you're in the playoffs, and now it's like, okay, we played some games. We have a step on this team. Especially if the eight seeds versus the Lakers with the old LeBron, if it affects LeBron negatively, this lockdown, this could be a really good boost for our eight seed. That could be a really, really good boost for the eight seed, especially in the West. Now, if I go back to the East again, I was on the Celtics. Celtics should be fine. They have some older players, but I think, I think they should be fine. The Heat should definitely be fine. They have a lot of young players on that team. Pacers. I think they should be mostly be fine, but I'm not expecting them to do much in the playoffs anyways. 76ers, really young team. Long they stay prepared, I think they should be fine. Nets, Kyrie and Kevin Durant's not playing. It's over for them. They're losing the first round. The Raptors have an easy first round matchup with the Nets. If Kyrie's not playing, it's over. Like, it's, it's not happening if Kyrie's not playing at all. The Magic have to have that little thing with the Wizards. And... Whichever team wins, I don't, they're not going to really do them anything because they have to versus the Bucks in the first round. The Bucks should win that matchup. Wizards, I, I'm kind of kind of rooting for the Wizards because Bradley Beal has had such a good season. He got snubbed of an all-star appearance. I think he really should deserve to make it. But the Magic have had a, a, a pretty decent season as well. So it can go either way. And then that's about it. I think I went over every team that's competing in this 22-team format. But I think I'm going to end off this podcast here. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, share it with your friends, your family, anything like that. Make sure to like it, so, um, subscribe to it, depending on what which platform you're listening to this podcast on. Also, rate. And, you know, I already said share. So, yeah, that's it. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys um tune in on thursday because that's when i'll be releasing the next episode of this podcast and it's going to be a different type of podcast that one i'm starting a new seat new like branch off thing with this podcast where on mondays will be a regular podcast episode that i talk about nba and thursdays i'll be reacting to dumb or stupid comments or tweets and yeah so hope you guys are gonna get prepared for that you might get offended, you might not, you might life, life, you might laugh or anything like that. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. Tune in on Thursday for the new branch off series. And I'll see you guys later. Peace.